and it makes you realize how insignificant you really are. You're just stardust wrapped in skin, having this human experience and nothing really matters at the end of the day. <laughs> I was just there in awe looking up at the sky for hours. Welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Bodhi. And Abiel. Hey, brother. What's up, brother? Welcome back to Florida. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been uh, quite the journey. And I can say that I feel refreshed, rejuvenated, re-energized, all the re's, and reconnected to nature, most of all. For all of you out there that are wondering... Uh, Bodhi had the opportunity to get out of Florida, get out of his box in uh, in Orlando, Florida, and visit the mountains up in Colorado, Utah, and Arizona. Um, and today, actually, we want to talk about something that's really interesting. It's the healing power of nature. And I don't know. Do you feel like you had a healing experience on your way up in the mountains? No, no, not at all. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. I always forget because I like when I've had a stressful day, the thing that I do the most or the first thing that I do is I just go out for a walk, just go out for a walk by the lake and I'm just walking, you know, I am listening to something or I'm just walking and that's very healing. And when this whole trip came about, about hiking through these different mountains and close to Sedona and throughout Utah and Colorado, the first thing I thought of was like, wow, this is going to be really strenuous. I didn't think about like, oh my God, this is going to reconnect me to nature. And that's exactly what happened. It's just, I, I was, firstly, I was blown away how beautiful these places are. It's just everywhere you look, you just see so much beauty. And it's it's that getting away from the screens. I honestly tried to like not look at my phone. I never took my laptop, but I tried to minimize my interaction with my phone. And I just tried to be as present as possible with, the, with nature. Uh, we did... Primitive camping one of the nights. I was not really equipped to be doing primitive camping because it was really, really cold. It was down in the 30s Fahrenheit, like almost zero or minus something Celsius. And so, yeah, I mean, I got the opportunity to do that only one of the nights, but the just hiking and being in nature and the, the trees and the mountains, like, you know, there's this classic question that you ask someone when you start dating them, like mountains or beaches. And I always like to say both because I love the water and I love being in the mountains. For me, being in the mountains is very, it's a very Zen and meditative experience. Um, but every time I come from the mountains, I'm like, yeah, it's definitely mountains. I prefer mountains over beaches. Um, and I, I, I can say that for sure, because just being up there and being in that serenity and just looking around you and just seeing the abundance and miracle of life, it's just teeming with life. 
the trees, the birds, the wind, you know, whatever's in the soil, the water. I mean, I, it just floors me. And I could have just sat on a mountaintop and just been there. Not even meditate, just, just be there, taking it all in, absorbing it all. And I was amazed to see it was not, it was pretty crowded. There were, there were a lot of people out there hiking and being in nature. So what do you do when you are at the beach next to the mountains? Do, can you be both then? Well, if I can be in both places at the same time, I have really achieved something, right? <laughs> that, that's how God created Hawaii. You're looking at uh, 3,000 feet of elevation going straight into the ocean. So I, I want to say as a human, I don't want to deprive myself of beach or mountains. I, I want to be able to experience them all. Oh, I agree with you. But I'm saying like, if you were given a preference one or the other, I'm just saying I would prefer the mountains or the beaches, but... Ideally, yeah, I want to take both. Absolutely. Totally. I'm greedy <laughs> like that. Just give me everything, you know? Yeah. I think um, one of the things that was very interesting to me, I was reading that Dr. Quinn Lee, a professor of um, Nippon Medicine School in Tokyo, is referring to phytocytes, which are when it says that when inhaled can trigger bio- biological changes, almost like aromatherapy, which is also known to uh, to benefit the self by reducing stress hormones and rebalancing the blood pressure, which is really interesting. Um, it even says that it protects against cancer, which is crazy to think that nature can help you build up your immunity and, and, and do all these wonderful things. So I think we're just designed to be out there in nature and for you to take on that trip and be out there in nature is almost like a reset button. You know, when your computer or your phone are acting funky, you always reset them because they're slowed down too much. I feel like if you you find if you find yourself in a position where you're just boggled down and you're frustrated and every little thing all of a sudden starts to bother you, do what Bodhi did. Take a little trip out into nature. If you don't have the opportunity to get out into the mountains, there are so many trails nearby that will benefit you tremendously. Yeah, the, the one thing I always take for granted is the effect that it can have upon you. I was so mired, and I think most of us have been so mired in our daily routines thanks to COVID, we've been like sequestered. And so the only thing we have is this daily routine and kind of like modifying that daily routine a little bit so that we have some variety in our days and it does not seem like Groundhog Day. But Once I got out there and I was being exposed to all these differing picturesque views, all these vistas, I realized that I had been so narrowly focused on what I was doing on a day-to-day basis. And my mind was churning so much at all the little nuances. You know, it's like, oh, I should be doing this and not that and this and do this way, that way. And once I was nature, all that mind chatter just went away. It was all just me and what was in the present moment, what was happening. It allowed me to be present without thinking about what time it is, where do I need to go next, what's happening next. 
And th- there were so many times where I just took off my shoes and I was like, I want to feel the ground. I want to feel the earth and just feel that energy just surging through your body. I know I'm sure there are scientific explanations for this, but something happens when you're walking barefoot on the earth and you're feeling that warmth on your skin and you're just looking up at the open sky or you're looking up at the trees and there's this grounding that happens where you feel like, okay, I'm connected. I can feel one with the earth again. And I'm sounding like some like, you know, earth roaming hippie, but that's how I felt like, uh, in, in Sedona, we had, the uh, you know, we had the luxury of going to one of these cliffs and jumping from the cliff. I could see myself be, I mean, it wasn't really high. I think it was like 20 feet or 30 feet or something like that. And, um, I came up against resistance. Like my body was like, no, we're not jumping. But at the same time, I was so exhilarated to do something that was completely out of my comfort zone. Like I'm not great with heights. You know, it's, it's not like I have a phobia or something like that, but I've, you tell me to jump from places. I'm not willing to do that. But here my friends were jumping and I was just like, it's not peer pressure. It's me wanting to get out of my comfort zone and experience this thing. And just being in the water, I mean, I love being in the water. And this was like 50 degree water, so it was uncomfortable. The jump was uncomfortable. The water was uncomfortable. But after having done it and realizing that it's not a big deal, that you will survive, like all of those like survival mechanisms were satisfied. Like, yeah, you're not going to die if you do this. Once the body was okay with that, like the mind was like, all right, let's do this again. This was so exhilarating. This was so enjoyable. Like just being in that water was so amazing. And so I did it a couple more times and it just felt so amazing. The, the body felt amazing and the mind was even more rejuvenated because it was like, oh, I can get out of my comfort zone and experience new things and I'll be okay. Where were you when you, uh, when you jump, jumped off the cliff? Where was I? The, the yeah. name of the point? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was called Grasshopper Point in Sedona. Beautiful. Oh, the, the, the time I did get to experience Sedona, we went a little further north to a place called Slide Rock. And they had two jumping points that were very exciting. Yeah, we were actually planned to go there, but we ended up not going there because we had to hightail to Horseshoe Bend. And uh, yeah, but Slide Rock looks amazing. It's like natural slides. Totally. And the water is just the same 50 degree. And um, there's like a little pool that you jump off of this cliff and you reach all the way to the bottom and it's kind of scary, but that's the whole point. It was pretty amazing. I remember my experience. um, I was in a very similar situation. We had been um, on our way up to the Grand Canyon after having lectures and I'm contemplating whether or not to jump off this ledge. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it and it has to be 30 plus feet, probably the same height that you jumped off of, which looks like a hundred feet, honestly. And as I'm contemplating it and I'm, I'm sweating and I'm holding back, a seven year old zooms past me 
and does a <laughs> cannonball, does a cannonball, and he just swims back, and he's all the way back up again, about to jump again. When I I, I say to myself, "Hey, buddy, you you could be like a kid again and jump off this cliff. <laughs> it's gonna be okay." And it feels good. It feels so good to do it. I feel like the best part about it is confronting your thoughts, which tell you that you're not going to do it, that you can't do it, that you're going to get hurt and overcoming that fear. There's like this big piece of cake, mental cake that comes right back at you, rewarding you for that, that adventure, for that thing that you overcame. So the jump feels great. It's really scary. The water feels extremely cold, but the experience is exhilarating because you just got to overcome yourself. Yeah. And not to mention, it just shakes up your routine. You're doing something totally different from what you've been doing day in, day out, day in, day out. And there, there are certain things about routine that are really good. You know, like man needs routine. Like you need routine to do do and accomplish certain things in life. But it's also, it's that balance of like, well, how much routine, you know, is, is it okay to shake up your routine and do something that's outside of your daily tasks or your daily chores that kind of make it mundane? And that's the thing that I admired most and appreciated most about this whole trip is that it just took me out of that whole situation saying like, you know what? You've been in this with your mind, your mind chatter too much. Let's get out of this. Let's shake things up. Let's do something that's completely out of the ordinary. Like when you tell me like vacation, hiking is not the first thing I'm thinking of. You know, I want to go somewhere and relax by the beach, drink my ties or something like that. Or go to like some Zen retreat center where I'm just going to do a detox and meditate and just chill. That's usually my speed is like, I slow down. My speed is always slow. I slow down even more. But nice. this was this was going from like slow to really fast because this friend that I went with, he's always on the go. He's always Mr. Action Jackson, you know? So I was like following his lead and I just surrendered. I was like, whatever you plan, wherever you go, I'm following. Nice. I also want to know a little bit more moving past the jumping. Um, talk to me about that horseshoe, that, that river that's carved this amazing rock formation. And what were you feeling when you were, at that precipice looking down, what was that like? That's an interesting question because I have seen, if you guys haven't seen Horseshoe Bend, just Google images Horseshoe Bend and you'll see this beautiful image of this canyon that's shaped in, in the form of a horseshoe. And, you know, whenever you look at an image, you cannot see the stature or how big it is or how small it is. And so when I reached there, what amazed me the most was its sheer size. It's huge. That's it's, huge. It's really big. And then when you're looking down from there, you realize how far up you are. 
because everything looks tiny from down there. Like just overlooking that precipice, hey, it's scary as hell, especially if you're not crazy about heights. And secondly, it was just majestic just to be there in awe of it, to realize that this is the result of thousands of years of rivers and floods and thunderstorms and, you know, the, the air blowing the way it was blowing that carved out this canyon. And I was just in awe and gratitude, honestly. Did it, did it give you a better perspective of how small you are? And did it allow you to shift from a point of view of, of being more, more part of it all, less, less selfish, less involved into like the little, the little life. Cause to me, whenever I'm exposed to objects that are that huge, like the grand Canyon or being out in the ocean and diving or just being in a skyscraper, looking down at, at it all, it, it always gives me this perspective of how insignificant my problems are. Oh, absolutely. I think I had that perspective when I was looking up at the night sky because you can see all the stars. It's so dark over there. You can see all the stars. You can even see sliver of the Milky Way. And it makes you realize how insignificant you really are. You're just stardust wrapped in skin, having this human experience. And nothing really matters at the end of the day. (laughs) I was just there in awe looking up at the sky for hours not even wanting to sleep no matter how tired i was because i wanted to take it all in that's awesome um the one perspective sorry uh, i was i was gonna say that uh the nerd side of me wants to to share that at higher altitudes above like three thousand or four thousand feet um the air molecules are not as packed together so you're you're getting a less refracted, a, a, a less, a more clear lens to look into the, the sky. And because of the altitude, all of a sudden there's less pop molecules to make those lights bounce back and forth. So you'll see the stars a lot brighter and, and less twinkly. So when you're up there, you could see more faint stars that allow you to absorb a lot more of the Milky Way and its shape. You probably could see Andromeda. Um, a lot clearer, which is one of our closest galaxies. And it's really cool from a astronomy point of view to be in high altitudes. So you must have had a really nice treat for your eyeballs. Oh, absolutely. We could see Saturn and Jupiter, which were right next to the moon. You could see Mars. Yeah, we could nerd out about astrology all day long. Definitely. Astronomy. Astronomy, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Astronomy, yes. Uh, But but the, the big insight that came to me while I was walking through those canyons, and this is a question that we kept asking each other, is like, what we want to know is, how did these canyons come about? Because some of these, like we were in the Grand Escalante Staircase, national park or national monument it's called which basically these mesas they're they're not mountains because they their tops are basically plateaus and so the the mountain is like literally looks like a staircase 
And so we're like, what kind of, you know, earthly elements or forces of nature carved out these canyons? And how long did it take? I mean, we know that it's taken like eons, right? It's just, it's not even hundreds of years or even thousands of years. These, you know, the planet's been around for 5 billion years. Uh, So it's taken a long time for this to carve out and look the way they do right now. And probably in the future, they're going to look completely different for future generations. But it made me appreciate that its current beauty is a work of eons, you know. And similarly, like we as human beings, we forget that for you to become the best version of yourself, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes you to act upon certain forces of nature within yourself to carve out that perfect human being, or not even perfect human being, but that human being that you aspire or inspire to be. And so it made me appreciate all the work that I'm doing because I know that the work that I'm putting in today into myself is going to carve out that person that I see myself in the future. I'd like to add that it could also take an act of God, like a meteor striking the glaciers, the polar glaciers, and creating a catastrophic event that melts, you know, one-fifth of the the glacier that then makes all the water run off into the oceans, which then it takes away a lot of the land that was there. So I'd like to open it up and say that it could take a lot of work to work on your spiritual self, but I also believe in grace and I believe in miracles. That, That same effort that you put sometimes miraculously could be a blink of an eye and you could be transformed by a crazy accident or a beautiful trip like the one you took to give you that perspective to make that shift. But you know what? Like Just like in the scheme of life, we think that we have changed a bunch, but we haven't. And when you were saying that perfect self, I do believe in that perfect self. And I also believe that our perfect self comes with all our imperfections. Our perfect self is that design being that we were we co-created with our divine creator to have all these amazing and beautiful lessons in this lifetime as well. And we get to experience all the joy and pain all together wrapped up in a crazy thing called the human experience. So every opportunity you get to look out your window or to think about your crazy problems, even the craziest problems are truly blessings because they're the ones that carve out that mountain to create that canyon that one day you two could admire. So if you're out there and you're struggling, just know that there's this beautiful canyon being carved right through your soul that will be a gift to somebody else and to your future self. But I know I, I know I'm I'm in love with the act of growing and experiencing and screwing up and learning and competing and being defeated and winning all of it. I think for me, the biggest lesson these last few weeks have been how to disengage that thinking mind 
that was turned off like on your trip. How can I do that at home? How can I de-engage that, that thinking mind? But talking about thinking, you also went through the horseshoe and then you went off into other spots. Um, tell us a little bit more about your journey because I think we're almost like halfway through your journey. You haven't told us everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we went through Horseshoe Bend. We went through Canyon Lands where we saw uh, petroglyphs. These are drawings made thousands of years ago by our ancestors. And some of these drawings looked very alien-like. And so the question remains is like, was this created by humans or maybe even aliens? Or maybe they saw aliens and that's why they made the drawings that they made. It was very fascinating to see these paintings or drawings, whatever you want to call them, they're called petroglyphs, made by our ancestors and to kind of decipher what these things mean. They and totally look like aliens. Totally. Yeah, yeah, they did. And I mean, that kind of just like once again sent or put me thinking about perspective, right? Like this was made thousands of years ago. Here I am experiencing this thing that was done so long ago. And what can I contribute to society today that can live for that long? I have no idea. But that was an interesting question that came to me. And of like, how can I be of service to humanity because I am present in this day today? Um, yeah, from there, we went to Colorado and we got to experience hot springs, which was, I would say, the cherry on top of our entire day. Because if you've never experienced hot, hot springs, I highly recommend it. They're all over the country. I've been to hot springs in California. I've been to hot springs in uh, Utah, Colorado. I think they, they're also hot springs in Florida. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to hot springs, I highly recommend it. Especially in the cold, like the outside air temperature was really cold. And then you get into this water that's really hot. And, and it's, it's rich in minerals and sulfur. It's great for your skin. And especially after you've been hiking all day long, just to soothe your muscles and relax your body into that hot, natural, naturally hot water. Ooh, it that was, sounds so good. Yeah, it was such a treat. It was such a treat. And then our final day, we hiked up this glacier. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of ice, but we still got to see snow up there. Uh, it was called St. Mary's Glacier, which is about an hour and a half or two hours from Denver. And uh, it was absolutely stunning. It was just breathtaking to be up there. Even though, I mean, we were at 10,000 feet of elevation. It was really hard to climb, especially for me, because I'm not used to, you know, hiking in altitude. It takes a while for you to get adjusted to that amount of oxygen. And so the mile, the, the hike was like a mile long high and it was hard. It was hard getting up there. But once you got up there and 
at the top of the mountain. This is not the summit or the peak, you know. It was just one of the tops of the mountains. There was a lake. There was a big, beautiful lake at the mountain. And then if you climbed a little further, there was snow. And then if you climbed even more, there was like glaciers. Uh, we didn't we didn't get even close to the peak. I think we were like halfway up to the the peak, and uh, and that was good enough because it was getting really really cold. Um. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, it's this whole experience was a great reminder of why you should get out of your comfort zone, get out of your routine, and just shake things up because it helps you bring back perspective to your daily routine, to your daily grind or whatever you do for a living and make, make you appreciate what you do. And so that you can go out on another adventure yet again. And I can't wait to go out and, you know, go to yet another beautiful place and experience different things. And, um, yeah, I bring back with me a lot of peace, a lot of joy, a lot of excitement. I'm a little tired too, <laughs> but it's all good. I'm happy. At 10,000 feet, um, water tends to take a lot more energy to boil. And uh, one or two beers will do as much as a six-pack six of beer. And for all you that don't know, a lot of Olympic athletes will train at 10,000 feet in altitude because your blood will start creating more red blood cells in order for them to be able to carry more oxygen throughout your body. So a lot of times, if you get to spend at least three to four weeks in higher altitudes, once you get back home to uh, sea level, you'll feel like a superhuman. So you might be feeling like a superhuman for the next few days, Bodhi. Good. Because I feel jet lagged. I don't feel like a superhuman. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, I think that being out there, nature could do so much therapy on you without words, without having to understand, just being out there, being present and connecting with nature. Your eyes, by the way, must have seen so much beauty with the trees and the aspens and the color changes. And the crisp, dry air of being at high altitudes where, you know, you actually allow your sweat to actually feel like it's cooling you. But I don't think you're doing much sweating at, uh, at those type of temperatures. Um, I mean, during the day, it was still warm. So we did sweat. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to point out is that I did journaling because I was getting these insights and my creative juices were really flowing. And, and that's the part that I really enjoyed the most because I was like out there sweating it out, you know, doing strenuous work. We, we had really long days because sometimes we did multiple hikes and it was cold, but I was happy. I was enjoying doing all of this. And because of that, my creative juices were flowing. So I was journaling. I was writing more stuff in my book. And I was just ecstatic because things that kind of felt like I was stuck before, I felt like I was stuck in my writing before, that got unstuck. And the journaling helped me because it kind of just helped me 
capture some of the insights that I had while I was, you know, hiking and just walking around and experiencing nature. And I want, I want to ask you, um, before you keep wrapping it up, because, um, sometimes you jump and I want to cover something. What are some of the insights, one of the aha moments, if you could share one or two that, that really clicked for you? Well, the one that I already shared, which was about how those canyons were made and kind of appreciating that good things take time. Mm. You know, it's like you working on yourself. Yes, that's going to take time. So appreciate that because if nature is any testament, like the beauty of nature we appreciate today took thousands of years to carve out. For sure. You know, and so that's, that's something that I struggle with because I feel like I want results now. And I think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of us struggle with that. Like you want, you did something and you want the result right away. It's like, no, keep doing it. Keep falling in love with that process because you will get the results, but it will take time. For sure. And the other thing, the, the other insight that I got was what, what it, what are you asking for? And, and this is some insight that I got not during hiking, during well, one of the other activities that I was part of. But, you know, when you ask the universe for something, be mindful of what you're asking for, because if it's just related to material success, you might get it but it might not be fulfilling. And so, and that, that's the big insight that I got for myself was I want to be of service to people in whatever way, this podcast and the, the book that I'm writing in the workshops that I want to create in the future. I want it to be of service. I want people to heal from that. I want people to take away something from that. Beautiful. And, and that's what, I need to keep reminding myself that that's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. And it's not because of any material success that I want. That's beautiful. Yeah. To serve and to be able to, to figure out how many people you could serve. That's the ultimate question. I think as human beings, it's our, our natural instinct to help one another. That's the reason why we, why we became homo, homo sapiens, according to uh, Harari. Um, and sapiens. So I think that's the same reason why we help one another, why a smile could uplift a person across the room, why a one good act can enliven somebody's spirit for that one day, for that one hour. So it's, it's nice that have to have that perspective on what is it that I want? How is it that I want to, to serve in these these numbered weeks and days that I have in my life left. So did you want to add anything else that you discovered on your trip? Well, I think we're going to talk about more other activities that I did over the course of the next few weeks and probably have some special guests to talk about some really interesting things like breath work and ecstatic dance and a couple of other things, which would be really interesting and exciting. Uh, but yeah, I think we can wrap that up by saying 
go out there, be in nature. And you don't have to go to Utah, Colorado, or any exotic mountains. You could just do it in your backyard. Go connect with nature, take your shoes off, feel the ground beneath your feet, and look up at the sky, even the night sky, and just wonder about its beauty. So to wrap it up, with the emotional compass, and as always, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, your loved ones, whoever needs to hear this message, share it with them. And until next time.